You're listening to the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. Hosted by industry expert, trainer, and motivator, Scott Love. Hi, this is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. A couple of items I wanted to tell you about in the schedule. March 28th and 29th, that's Thursday and Friday, all day, I'm doing a two-day client development rainmaking seminar in Las Vegas. It's a small group. We've got four seats left right now. If you're interested, check the website, click on the link that says Live Seminars, and all the information is there. It's greatrecruitertraining.com. Go to the link that says Live Seminars and check it out if you're interested. Let me get to some content here for you. In terms of client development, you need to think outside of the box. If you look at getting clients through calling, well, if you cold call for business, I have a news flash for you. It's not going to work. If you just call up and say, my name's Harry the Happy Headhunter with, with Headhunters R Us, and I'd love to talk with you about the strategic direction of your company and the uniqueness of our search firm and our proprietary process and see if we can solve some of your hiring challenges. You know what they're going to tell you? They're going to say, I'm really busy. I already work with several search firms and we're not hiring. When in fact, they might have critical needs that are going unfilled, but they don't really want to take the time to talk to you because they think that they don't have a need for you because they're already dealing with other search firms. Why would they talk to somebody else? Unless you have a solution to an immediate problem. You can call up with a single candidate that is amazing, that walks on water, that wants to make a move, and you tell them this. In the course of doing a search for a company very similar to yours, I came across a candidate who, although he is not actively engaged in a job search, he is very interested in other opportunities. When I asked him who are the top companies that he respects the most in his city, yours was one of the top three companies that he mentioned. So I thought I'd make an introduction of myself and also this candidate's credentials and see if this is the type of person that could offer value to your company. And that's the phrasing that you want to use because you ask the question of not are you hiring, not what do you think, but do you think this person could offer value? It's a binary yes or no question. And what's the answer going to be most of the time? It's going to be yes. Now, what if they're not hiring? What's the answer still going to be? It's going to be yes. You see, that's just one example of the things that I teach in terms of client development. Just this one idea can get you a new client in your back pocket in the next 48 hours. When you have knowledge and you apply that knowledge, that is success. Most recruiters know how to become wildly successful on their practice and they've learned all that within the first six months of getting in the business. But the problem is that they're not applying it. Or some of the things that they learned worked back in 1995. When I first started back in 1995, my manager said, put a list together of 100 companies and cold call them all until you've got a full desk. And that's what I did. But calling people cold, unless you have an immediate solution to a problem, such as that candidate that I mentioned, it's not going to get you business. We're going to cover 36 modules during that two-day seminar. In fact, if you want the same information without having to go to Vegas, you can go to the product section and find my seven-disc audio series on client development. Now, I don't want to turn this into a commercial, so let me go ahead and finish up here, and I'll get some more content for you here in just a second. But that's the same content that you experience in Las Vegas. It's not as much fun as going to Vegas. You know, I used to be a professional card-counting blackjack player. I'll even give you some pointers. I play successfully in low-stakes Texas Hold'em games and tournaments. Maybe we'll have some fun while we're there. But more than anything, you're going to get knowledge and you're going to come up with, a, with an action plan that gets you results, gets you new business 
Because remember, the model that I teach is more business, better business, and all the business. I want you to get more clients so that you can pick and choose who you want to keep as you elevate your search practice so that way you get better business. Now you're going to downgrade, you're, or not downgrade, you're going to lose about 15% of your clients every year. That's what you want to do. But you need to have, a, have enough of a volume of new relationships to replace them. So that, what does that mean, better business? You get higher quality searches, higher margins. You're dealing with higher level people within the organization. You're getting checks, FedEx to you. You're getting retainers. They appreciate you. They really do value your input to the process. Then eventually, you want to get all the business. What does that mean? It means that you want to capture all the business from that client. When they have a need, you're the only recruiter that they think of. Or if it's a really big company and there's no way you could get all the business, you want to be the first person that they consider. Those are the things, are the things that I'm going to teach at the two-day seminar. What's the investment? Well, if you're doing the business the right way, it's going to be about 4% of what your next placement fee is going to be. That's a pretty good return on investment. Check it out. All the information is on my website. Remember, I'm actively engaged in making placements. I have an offer coming out for a candidate tomorrow. My last client visit was last week. The last time I talked to a candidate was yesterday. So I'm actively involved in this business every single day, and I teach it from the perspective of someone that's in the trenches. So enough of my commercial, and I hope I gave you some value in that. How about that? It's a commercial that, that actually gave you something you can use to make some money. How about that? Let me turn my attention to the next topic on this program, and that is an interview with Henry DeVries, who is a longtime friend of mine. He and I have known each other for several years. I've quoted him in publications. He's quoted me in publications that he's written for business journals out on the West Coast where he lives in San Diego. And he's an expert on getting clients to call you. And this is an excerpt from The Coaching Club. And there's a lot of content here, and I hope that you listen to it more than once. And if you, if you like what Henry has to offer, I hope that you take him up on his offerings. But I included all the information from The Coaching Club from that session that he was on with us several months ago. Now, The Coaching Club, you can find information about what that is on the link that says Coaching Club on my website. You get over 150 hours of audio downloads. Yes, you can put it on your own media. Put it on your own iPhone and your own iPad. Take it with you to the gym. Listen to it when you're on the train, when you're commuting into work every day. Turn your drive time into money-making time. And this is all of my content. Every once in a while, once a month on the coaching club calls, I have a guest speaker come in. And this is not a professional trainer. This is someone that really knows what they're doing. They actually are practitioners within their field. And I try to go outside of the industry just to keep the gene pool fresh and invigorated instead of repeating the same people that you hear about over and over and over again. Check out the Coaching Club for the same price as your cable bill every month. You'll be able to put money in your pocket, invest in yourself, decide for it if it's worth it for you or not. Try it for a month. If it's not, cancel. There's no penalty to cancel. You can, everything's on a month-to-month. -month. There's no annual contracts like I used to have. There's no sign-up fee. You just sign up. If you don't like it, cancel before 30 days, and there's no harm, no foul. Worst case scenario, you've wasted about $77. The price of two dinners and two movies and a couple of drinks. Best case scenario, you'll learn that next idea that will help you make that next placement a lot quicker. Visit the link on my website that says Coaching Club. And now let's listen to Henry DeVries as he talks about how to get clients to call you by doing effective rainmaking and client development. So everybody else can too. So Henry, thanks for joining me today. Uh, welcome to our coaching club. And, uh, and Henry DeVise, I've known Henry for several years. I know he's quoted me before on articles he's written. I've quoted him. 
And I thought he would be an expert in marketing that a lot of us can benefit from just because he teaches people uh, in professional education. He's the assistant dean for external affairs at USC San Diego Extension. Uh, plus, he deals with people in the professional services industry. Uh, Henry DeVries, marketing scientist and ghostwriter, he's an expert on typing and talking, how to maximize revenues by writing books, making speeches. He speaks to thousands of service professionals each year, teaching them proven tactics that bring them new clients. Along with his best-selling books, Self-Marketing Secrets, Client Seduction, and Painkiller Marketing, the buzz-building tools of Henry have been used to dramatically increase revenues and leverage marketing budgets for two decades. In addition to authoring his own books, he ghostwrites at least four books a year. His goal is to win the Nobel Prize in marketing. So, Henry, thanks for joining me today. Scott, it's so great to be here. Um, always happy to talk to people. I'm sure there's a lot of people on the call who would like to double their income. And Absolutely. I'll tell you that that's easy. Just get a second job just like the one you have right now. <laughs> that's great. But that's great. But if we want to do it in a smarter way, maybe a more leveraged way, we can talk about that on this phone call. That's right. Now, one thing within our industry, executive search or headhunting or staffing or whatever people want to call it, most people, they think of marketing as picking up the phone and calling prospects. They think that's their method of marketing. You know, that's more sales than marketing. Marketing is getting people to pick up the phone and call you, and that's where you're an expert in. So what, from your experience, are the top scientifically proven ways to attract high-paying clients? I spent eight years and $2 million studying this question, and we found that there are the top 14 ways uh, to generate leads, to get people to pick up that phone and call you, um, or at least uh, be open to a conversation. And we, we can look at the top seven if you'd like. Uh, sure, absolutely. Uh, number, sure. Number seven is to put on events and seminars um, that people would pay money to hear what you have to say. Uh, that's because you've done some proprietary research and you found out uh, how they compare to the competition, and people would actually uh, pay you money to get that information. That's number seven. Number six is you'd have a website with some free report or free tool or something of value uh, that uh, people would be willing to exchange their email and name for that report, and then you can uh, have their email address and permission uh, to email them, and of course they can get off your list whenever they want. Um, number five is to actually go out there and do networking, um, but uh, I'm a I'm a little different uh, when I talk about networking. I teach people not to give their cards away when they go to networking events. They should really be interested in other people and ask them how they can help them and ask them for their business card. And mm -hmm. only give your business card away if somebody asks you for it. Um, number four is find the trade industry groups where your prospects uh, gather and then do some pro bono uh, work or some volunteer work or get on a committee or a board. People like to do business with people they know, like, and trust, and they can see you in action, and they'll say, wow, Scott really handled the refreshments well. I know he'd be a great executive recruiter. And while that doesn't seem to make sense on one side, you know, what does one have to do with the other, it's because people judge a service provider by the little things that they do. If, uh, somebody who is faithful, little is faithful and much, um, 
They say, well, that's probably how they run their business. Hmm. Most people stop there. They don't use the three secret weapons that our research unveiled. And I'll give you the three secret weapons number right now. Number three is getting published. Uh, and that can be as simple as starting off with a blog. Uh, there's no excuse not to do this. Um, through WordPress or Blogspot, there's free software that lets you do this. It doesn't take much time or technical know-how to do it, but an expert is somebody who gives advice on how people can solve their problems in general. Mm -hmm. Building all the way up to being a published author, maybe something where you're independent, published, uh, or all the way up to where you have your new uh, you know, book with a big publisher. Um, my, you said I could shill anything. Uh, uh, so my most recent book is uh, How to Close a Deal Like Warren Buffett, and that's with McGraw-Hill. And uh, that came out in November, and it became the number one book on Amazon for negotiating and for sales and marketing. You know, that's a wow. level. Uh, but I didn't start with that book. You know, I started with, you know, free columns for a local newspaper. Um, so you build up, and it's something you build up to. Um, and then uh, I, you don't have to do it alone. I interviewed Ken Blanchard this year, uh, the one-minute manager, and he has 50 books out there, he said, that, and he co-authored all of them. You know, so he brought someone else in. And, and uh, How to Close a Deal with Warren Buffett, that's uh, really the lead author on that, was Tom Searcy, who's a speaker and has written a famous book called Whale Hunters, published. That's number three. Number two is to speak, to give uh, speeches where people have arranged an audience and you're going to give them how-to advice on how to solve their uh, problem in general. I know you speak a lot, Scott. I know, uh, you know, people are, we said networking was number five and you want to uh, network. I know you've been at the platform, and then that's mm -hmm. the ultimate networking spot because all those people who everybody wanted to meet, you're in front of all of them. Right, sure. So that's, number one is putting on small-scale seminars. These are, you know, can be from six to ten people. Uh, they're best lies. Uh, and you get people around a room. Uh, they can be low cost. Uh, sometimes these are lunch and learn seminars. Uh, a variation of it is to, you know, if distance is uh, a challenge for your clientele, then uh, webinars or teleseminars. But an expert is somebody who, as I said, speaks, who writes, who gives away information in general. And the more information they give away on how to help people solve their problems in general, the more people who will want to hire them for the specifics. Absolutely. Let me ask you a couple of questions on some of these. Like, let's say, uh, let's say number seven. You know, putting on events and seminars, which would be kind of something on a bigger scale than what you mentioned. Number one, the smaller scale. So you're saying that the smaller ones are more effective than the larger ones. Is that correct? That is correct because on a smaller scale, you get to connect with the people. There's give and take interaction. And I always start off with a question that, you know, in the next 90 minutes, there's a lot of things I can cover. But this is your seminar, not my seminar. So what was the most important thing you wanted to come with today? Let right. everybody speak and tell them why they came. You know, and make note of that. And then you can tailor your presentation to cover it, but also you make note uh, because you have 
the implicit permission now to call all those people. And you call them a week later and say, Scott, you know, you asked that question about uh, how to do paid seminars during uh, our session, and I didn't feel I had a chance to fully explore that with you. Would you be open to a conversation where uh, I can tell you more about how you could do that? I've never had anyone say, no, don't try to help me. Uh, people take those calls. They're welcome. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And the more they see that you care, you know, the more that they want to do business with you. So, so let me ask you then about networking. Let's say that there's a trade association after hours meeting. Let's say you're an IT recruiter. You live in a city where you recruit and there's an IT networking function. What should you do to prepare for that networking event? What should you be on the lookout for? What goals should you set for yourself? And how would you envision a successful evening at that event uh, transpiring? I used to hate networking. And, and you know, that was a lot of pressure on me. How can I go into a room and talk to people and have them say, I don't know who you are or what you do, but I want you in my life? I mean, that, that seemed like a lot of pressure <laughs> to me. Right, and right. somebody told me, it's, you're doing it wrong. It's just a game. Networking is a game worth playing, and here's, here's the game. You're going to go in, and you're going to engage uh, several people in a conversation. And the conversation is not a salesperson kind of conversation where you're going to ask them about their biggest challenge and what could, you know, if you could help them overcome that challenge. You know, it's not that. You're going to ask them about um, what they do when they're not here and what type of prospects are they looking for. And take them through a series of feel good questions like that. So I'll give you my example. Um, when somebody taught me this game, uh, shortly after that, I was running an advertising and PR agency, and uh, I had agreed to go to this uh, open house networking event, and I was running late from the day, and I had a PTA meeting that night at my kid's school, so I'm driving there, and I'm only going to be able to spend like 15 minutes at this event, and the little voice in my head said, stupid, 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 this is better use of your time than this. And then the other little voice in my head said, well, Henry, that's not positive self-talk. Why don't we try the game tonight? And so I said, okay, let's go with that guy. And we went there, and uh, I, I see this guy, and I open with the, uh, the all-purpose icebreaker. Whatever that person's doing, ask them what they're doing uh, when they're not doing that. So I walked up, and I said, hey, hi, my name's Henry. Uh, what do you do when you're not eating shrimp at a buffet at a networking open house. <laughs> and people will always laugh, um, and they'll give you one or two answers, the smart aleck answer or the serious answer. The smart aleck answer is they'll tell you about some hobby or something like, well, I like to sail or I like to go horseback riding. And uh, then you can always just say, oh, wow, that costs money. Uh, what do you do for a living during that? And then they'll give you the serious question. So this guy, I asked him, and he said, well, uh, there's an interesting answer to that. Now, I've had a lot of people say that to me. You're going to be the judge if the answer is interesting or not. But he said, it's interesting. He said, I am on a city council in this town, and I run the rabbit ranch. <laughs> and, and I said, okay, you know, just keep going. I'm thinking, keep going with the game. I said, well, that's interesting. How did you get started doing that? Well, there's an interesting story behind that, he said. 
Um, he was elected to the city council. It was only a half-time job. He had to earn a living. His dad said, I heard that the rabbit rancher is hiring. So he went to the rabbit rancher. He hired him. And then six months later, the rabbit rancher wanted to retire and made him a sweetheart deal to take over the rabbit ranch. And he started telling me about the rabbit ranch, how perfect it was, location. It was just far enough from the coast to get the cool breezes, but inland enough to get the sunshine. And so he's talking about, you know, this rabbit ranch like it was grapes in Napa or something, you know. <laughs> going on. And uh, I said, just keep going, keep going. I said, well, uh, those two jobs sound a lot you know, different. What do you like most about it? He says, well, in the morning when I get to the rabbit ranch. You know, it's just peaceful. There's no call. You know, I, I like helping solve people's problems during the day, but in the morning I come in, it's just me and the rabbits. They nuzzle up, and, you know, they put their little noses out, and I feed them, and it's just a peaceful, tranquil time. And I said, well, that's great. I said, how would I – I need a lot of people. How would I know if somebody was a good contact for you? And he said, well – thank you very much. Here's my card. And he shakes my hand. He says, you know what we do with these rabbits is we inject them with um, viruses. And then we have the virus blood uh, given to pharmaceutical companies. Uh, they buy it. I'm shaking this guy's hand. You know. <laughs> he explains it all. And I said, oh, well, you know, would it be like Agron Pharmaceuticals? You know, I know the president. Oh, yeah, you do. So um, I sent him a – he didn't ask for my card. I got his, but he didn't ask, so I did what I do when that happens. I mailed him my card the next day with a note if I can do anything to help you out. You know, I'd be happy to do that uh, if I can introduce you to anybody. You know, try to do a favor first. Right, sure. Well, funny thing happened. Six months later, that town had a uh, – I made the short list for an RFP to redo the communications for that town. And the funny thing was – I never applied to be on the RFP list. Um, <laughs> so sometimes your networking can pay off in ways you don't know. Uh, indeed, so indeed. Forth, yeah. But, but the whole notion is there. Just make it a game. Engage them in some interesting questions. Um, I really like the work of Bob Berg. If you want more on this, uh, Bob Berg's book, Endless Referrals, is uh, a good book I recommend for people wanting to know more about uh, how to network and make it a game. That's great. Now, now, Henry, what when you go to these networking events, uh, and we've all met the people there that are talking about themselves, let's say that there is someone that you know, this is someone I can get business from, and you approach them and you ask questions about them, and they don't bite. They don't come back and say, what do you do? You know, you know they, they just don't do that. How would you recommend segueing into – talking about yourself and telling them about what you do, knowing that if you can steer the conversation in that direction, it's going to be a meaningful business conversation. Well, Scott, I'm kind of a, a contrarian on that. If they're not going to go there, they're not ready to go there, and I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to get their card. I'm going to ask them for permission to, you know, send them something and, you know, can I send contacts your way? And then I'm going to follow up and get them on the email list, um, you know, contact them from time to time. See, at some point you could call up and say, oh, you know, it's nice meeting you there. I was wondering, would you be open to a conversation about, 
you know, how we could uh, work together sometime as the follow-up. Because people do, people do business when they're ready to do business. And if that person is not going in your direction there, they're not ready. So don't try to take them there. It's like a keto, you know, kind of go in their direction and catch them another time. Um, and, and I've had those things where, you know, it's like a year later, and then all of a sudden these people call you, and it's like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do it now. And like, who are you? What are we doing? Uh, um, oh, you know, we met a year ago. Um, so it, it was because, like the Zen thing, when the when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. Absolutely. Like the client is ready, the recruiter will appear. Um, so they keep they keep at them um, with that water drip torture of marketing where. Um, you know, at least once a month or so, you're sending something of value to them. Right. Now, now I had a couple of other questions here about establishing instant credibility, but tell me about your book. I didn't even know you'd written that book. I think I'd even seen it on the web and considered buying it before. I'm going to buy it today when we're done, you know, how to close a deal like Warren Buffett. I mean, that speaks to what we do because people in our industry are deal uh, deal makers, really, what we are. You know, what well, would you yeah, if you buy the uh, soft cover, I'll, I'll autograph it for you. And if you buy the hardback, I'll come to your house and read it to you. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, no, how to close a deal like Warren Buffett. Um, nobody does it better than Warren Buffett. Uh, you know, people have written all these books about what a great investor he is and how to follow his investment advice. Um, but what Tom and I were fascinated on was how Warren Buffett does deals and people will agree to do business with him at a lower price than other people were bidding. You know, they'll sell their company for less than they could get. Uh, in one case, it was like $40 million less. They saw mm-hmm. the advantage of going with Buffett. And there's some things that, that he does. Um, uh, the first thing is uh, um, when he gives a figure, he, he doesn't haggle. It's, you know, he's researched his number, and that's the number, and he doesn't bluff. And so, you know, if that's his number, it was thought out. Um, another thing is uh, he's, he studies things and then is quick to make deals. He knows the time kills deals, so he moves rapidly on them. Um, and if it isn't going to be, it isn't going to be. You know, he has a criteria in mind of the people he wants to do business with. There's, he prints it, uh, you know, in his annual report on the website. It's pretty clear um, about what he's looking for. And he responds to everybody who offers him something of that if if it's uh, if he meets the criteria. And if you're so far out of the criteria, um, he quotes the famous country western song: "If you hear your phone not ringing, you know it's me." Right. Well, that's that's great. I look forward to getting that. Now, now tell me about instant credibility. What is it that? we can do to build instant credibility. And, and keep in mind, we've got two quote-unquote customers. We've got our clients, those companies that hire us to recruit and place within their, within their organizations, and we have the candidates, the people that we're going out yeah. and trying to, to, to recruit to join those companies. Yeah. Well, think back. You're in, high, you're in elementary school. You're in fourth grade, whoever your fourth grade teacher was. And they, they taught you about something that you respect, and you respect books. You know, books and authors for people to be respected. Uh, it's still true. Um, it's 
being an author is something that can give you instant credibility with somebody. Um, and while it used to be like getting a PhD to write a book and get it published, today I think it's like a high school diploma. Um, the, it's so easy now to write a book and use technology such as um, the, the marketing channels of the web and print-on-demand technologies to independently publish a book that will bring you credibility. Um, some executive recruiters I helped out in California uh, helped them write a book called You're Not the Person I Hired. <clears throat> and it was all about how 56% of people who are hired in an executive job fail to meet expectations within the first 18 months. No matter how great the people are, what tools are used, and it all concluded that the reason is um, the people who were doing the search didn't set expectations for success before people are hired. It was just like, get me the best person in here, and then they set expectations. So that was the theme of their book and how to do it. Um, they distributed uh, over 10,000 copies of that book. Um, when they're talking to people who they're, you know, that top 5% talent you're trying to recruit, um, when they can set themselves apart, but, well, let me send you this book. You're not the person I hired or what it means. And, um, you know, and then they wrote a book from the candidate's perspective. You know, this isn't the company that hired me. And that brings credibility. It also brings credibility, you know, when they're talking to um, a prospective client, you know, for a five-figure search. Uh, you know, you can hire anybody. Or here's the person who wrote the book and the book on the pitfalls and definitely has a, um, a point of view about how to do it. So that really gives them a lot of credibility. And we oh, absolutely. Not like executive recruiting. Uh, this is in law, accounting, uh, management consulting, um, being an author. So oh, if, I can, if I can plug something, so this is a, uh, a commercial. I mm -hmm. put on um, private seminars on this now. And I go around the country. My next one is uh, January 19th in New York City. I'm going to be in Seattle on February 2nd, Atlanta in March. And I put on a, a full day um, from 9 to 4.30, uh, marketing with a book and speech summit. So all these things about how to get published, how to promote your business by promoting the book, how to get paid speaking engagements, uh, when to speak for uh, free. Um, my co-presenter is Mark, uh, Mark LeBlanc. He is the past president of the National Speakers Association, uh, has an underground best-selling uh, book called Growing Your Business. He has sold a quantity order of 25 or 50 copies of his book, uh, on average, one a week for the last 10 years. So that's what you want, a book that people will buy by the case. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about that. So um, I used to charge $800 to go to these, and now uh, what I'm doing is you've got to know somebody. Um, so these people know you. So mm -hmm. if, they sent me, if anybody sent me an email to henry at com, I will send them an invitation to one of my summits, and they can attend at my desk. Okay, that's great. Henry at newclientmarketing.com. Yep. 
And what, what are some other resources, some other websites that you want us to, to know about? And before, we, uh, before you answer that question, let me tell people, if you've got questions for Henry, go ahead and email me, scott at scottlove.com. I'll read those, and then uh, Henry can answer those. Uh, my email, again, is scott at scottlove.com. And so what are some of the other resources, the other websites you have, other offerings? Because um, yeah. I'm really excited well, to get your book, by the way. Well, thank you. My marketingwithabook.com website has um, lots of free articles on how to do all these things I'm talking about. Um, so uh, you could go there. Um, the the eight-year, $2 million study, the research on that, we wrote that up in a book called Client Seduction. You can still get that on uh, Amazon.com. And that's for professional firms and IT firms on how to use all these uh, techniques that we're talking about. Um, so those would be some, some resources people could have. Excellent. And if you've got questions for Henry, email me, scott at scottlove.com. And I know within our space of headhunting, in terms of volume of book sales, I don't know if it's realistic that any of us could make more than you know, 20000 a year off of that. But really what we want is to get the search. Uh, I'm actually co-authoring a book with a, a colleague of mine uh, for our niche, and we know that we're going, you know, you get one client that hires you because you've written the book. You have that expert credibility. All of a sudden, you're in a whole new level within your space. And it's not just necessarily promoting it. It reinforces that conversation that you've had with the prospect. After you talk with them, you FedEx a signed copy of your book, and they're going to get that, and they're going to say, you know, there's something different about this recruiter. So even even beyond just marketing, you know, getting people – well, it is marketing, but really reinforcing those relationships that you already have within your space. And we'll give people a couple of minutes to send out an email, scott at scottlove.com, because there's no – I can't unmute people. Normally I unmute people to ask questions, but when I have a conference call on like this, I'm not able to do that. So – while people are doing that, um, you know, I've never had an original idea in my life, so all this is from uh, R&D, Rob and Duplicate. And the main concept comes from Dr. David Meister, who was out at the Harvard Business School. And he really said that the, what we have to understand on this is we're more attractive to clients when instead of asserting our competence, talking about how great we are, how many years we've been in business, our marquee clients, and all those things. We gain much more credibility and attract more clients when we demonstrate our expertise. When we're out there showing people with um, articles and with speaking and other ways to give valuable information away. And everything I teach, I demonstrate. So. You've heard on this call that there's a website with free articles. I, you know, I'm writing books. Uh, you know, speaking here today. Um, you know, Scott asked me if I believed in the First Amendment, and I said I do. And he said, you know, what that is. And I said, free speech, and that's how I'm giving a free speech for Scott. Today. Um, so you got to believe in free speech. Um, but David Meister told us this great story, um, and uh, he was it was an unfortunate story. He his aunt died, and he had to find a, an attorney in New York City to handle the probate. 
and he lived up in um, Boston because he was at Harvard. And he called around, and most law firms do what all of us typically do. You know, said, "Oh, you're at Harvard. We have this many people from Harvard, our staff, and then, oh, we've been in business the longest. We're the biggest firm." And then uh, his aunt was in Brooklyn, and, and he did talk to a sole practitioner in Brooklyn. We'll call him Bernie. And Bernie, well, the first thing he did is he asked him a series of questions, and that's what our research shows. You gain most of your credibility with a potential client by the quality of questions you ask them when you first talk to them. So he asked them good questions, and then this was before the Internet, so he asked them this question, what's your fax number? And Dr. Meister said, well, I'm happy to give you my fax number, but why? And Bernie said, well, I don't care what law firm you hire, but you need to know that we handle probate totally different in the borough of Brooklyn than they do in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. I'd like to send you three pages on how to handle probate in Brooklyn. Who do you think got the job? Right. Well, Bernie, of course, because Bernie built a bridge of trust by giving something away first of value, um, releasing the results, um, it's so great. Uh, I did a, a project with the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, so we did books for these attorneys. And when they're able, everybody says, hire me, you know, and then I'll show you how it works. And they say, well, here's a book on how to handle estate planning, you know, that I've written. And um, I don't care who you hire, but you can make a lot of mistakes in here. Let me give you an autographed copy of my book. Um, the power of that, I mean, who are you going to hire? Because there's, there's so many factors going on there. Um, there's the law of reciprocity. You know, mm -hmm. I'm giving before I get. Other people are like, well, you know, trust me, hire me. That's, you know, if you want someone to trust you, that's the worst thing you could say. Trust me. Right. <laughs> it's an opposite effect. Um, you know, so you release that. And I tell you, it's, it's quite a feeling to walk into somebody's office and, you know, you've been invited in to talk to them. And they have a copy of your book there. They've read it, yeah. And they just say, "Okay, uh, how how do I hire you? What is it? How does it work? What does it cost?" You know, it's like all that pre-work's done. I want the guy who wrote this book. So that can happen. That's great. Right, right. Now we had a couple of questions emailed when uh, emailed, and one of them wrote, "Wow, this guy is great. Thank you so much for bringing him to this call. I just ordered his books." And that's a real quote. I'm not just making that up. Seriously. Thanks, Mom. Uh, and, and, <laughs> that's right. <Yeah>, Mom. <laughs> and his question was, how do you handle the turn-down response? And this is from a candidate. I'm happy now, and I don't know anyone who is looking for a new opportunity. Oh. Let's say, let's say you're talking to a candidate. You know, I'm happy now, and I don't know anyone who's looking for a new opportunity. What would be, I mean, what are the first things that come to your mind, Henry? Um. And I've received those phone calls, you know, they're nice. Um, but uh, on that, I always think keep the relationship there. Um, oh, so then it was a little bit uh, muffled when you... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm always believed in the relationship and building the relationship because the timing might be not now. Um, and uh, so it might be... Um, would you be open to a conversation in the future uh, if I have other openings uh, and I'm looking for other candidates? 
So if you can get them to be, and that's a magic phrase, are you open to a conversation? Right. Um, okay. So that's, that's good. Yes, that you can get from them. It's also when you're calling, um, you know, a prospect that you want to, you know, talk to. Um, you know, I'm interrupting you now, or it might not be good timing now. Would you be open to a conversation, setting one up about this? And that's something that uh, can be powerful in that. Right. Here's another question. As a recruiter, what should I write about? I have a hard time coming up with original topics. Do they necessarily have to be original? Ah, as I mentioned, I've never had an original thought in my life. <laughs> it's something better. It's called R&D, Rob and Duplicate. Now, at the university, if you steal from one person, that's plagiarism, we kick you out. If you steal from many people and cite sources, that's called research, and you get tenure. <laughs> so what you need to do is um, gather from some sources. So I'll give you an example, um, and, and this seems to work well. Uh, do we have time for like a five-minute story on this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, okay. So um, I had this uh, executive recruiting firm, and I said, you need to do proprietary research. And they said, oh, that costs money. And I said, no, we can do some for free. How many, just tell me, in the last five years, how many, you know, searches have you done? And we kind of totaled that there are probably 200 searches. And I said, well, okay, well, let's break those down. And they were in basically five different industries. I said, okay, now let's brainstorm the top hiring mistakes that people make. So we got a list of two dozen hiring mistakes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this is where it gets complicated. An Excel spreadsheet and list in the first column going down all the different mistakes. And then across the top, list each client. So you have a grid now. And let's do a hash mark, did that client make that mistake? So then you total these up. Now you total them up, and you can then say, you know, these are the top ten mistakes based on our five-year proprietary research study of over 200 searches that 97% failed to do this. Um, you could break it out then. We said it was five industries. Buy the five industries. Now you have a proprietary research study, then maybe you're just in the IT space and you just focus it. But one of the topics that, do, that always does well is um, the 10 biggest mistakes blank make when doing blank. The top 10 recruiting mistakes IT companies make. That's great. And then now you say, well, that's negative. You're just talking about the mistakes. Well, the mistake is just what gets people's interest. Then you talk about how to avoid that mistake. Right, right. And get other people's books and don't use any more than 250 words and always cite it. But you can talk about that so-and-so in his book said this and so-and-so in their book said this. And in this article, somebody talked about this and then your comment on it. So that's how you can uh, stretch all these things and, and turn all this into a blog, uh, into an article, into a book. Excellent. You know, you can also hire help. Um, 
uh, I ghostwrite for a few people a year. There's other people who will ghostwrite with you, um, or you, you know, will uh, be a co-author and work with you so you can share the work and the load. Um, you know, maybe you're not a writer, but uh, I had one guy. He was he was the head of a construction company, and you know, we we're doing some writing. And he was saying, you know, I, I don't feel right about this. Uh, you know, um, you know, my name's on it, but you really did most of the writing. And I said, well. Let me ask you a question. Uh, how many homes did you build last year? He said, we built a thousand. I said, Oh, your arms must be very tired then from all the painting and hammering and laughing. He said, Well, you know, I didn't I didn't work on any of the homes. I said, But you built a thousand homes. You know, you just used other people to accomplish what you wanted. So it's the same thing with, with writing. Um, you can get somebody to help you accomplish, but you have to have some thoughts and I um, it always starts with uh, seeing what other people are saying in the space. Um, it's nice also to be a contrarian. Where are you different and putting that out there? But I'll give you a dirty little secret though on publishing. Um, a lot of people come up to me and they go, Henry, I have your book. <laughs> Think about it. Henry, I have your book. They didn't say I read your book. They said I have your book. They oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. 80% of, uh, most most people who buy a business book will skim, maybe read the first chapter, um, but don't read the whole book. Right. So, but but they want the person who wrote the book, and they want them because they can tailor it to their specific needs. So the best thing I always advise people to do is, as far as the topic of your book, pick as narrow as a topic as possible. You know, really focus on an industry and a certain problem and all that. And maybe you're going to sell, you won't even sell a thousand books. It's just, Scott brought up already, it doesn't matter. It's if one client hires you because you wrote the book, it all right. pays off. And it's right. so much easier to get speaking engagements. If you call up, you know, uh, a business group and, and said, hi, I, I'm speaking to promote my business. Could you book me as a speaker? Um, you know, the line will go dead. If you call up and say, I'm, I'm an author of a new business book and I'm speaking to promote my book, people are somehow fascinated in that and interested to hear what you have to say um, because it's that respect for authors right? and it's a certain accomplishment. I mean, there are 6 million books for sale on Amazon.com right now. Um, so... You'd say, wow, that's a lot. Anybody can do that. Yeah, well, anybody can't. Think of everybody in your industry. How many have written a book? Uh, sure. Very, you know, less than 10%. So it's how you get into the top uh, percentile there. We had some other questions here, Henry. Someone said that they were looking for the schedule for the seminars. They didn't see it on your website. Where can you direct them to find that, or was that something that was by design, where you said it was invitation only right now? Um, yeah, but there's a hidden page. Um, the schedule is at uh, marketingwithabook.com backslash 2013. Okay, so 2013. Yeah, I see. Okay. And they can email you because it's invitation only now. They can email you to get all that, and your email is henry at newclientmarketing.com. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. Excellent. That's great. 
And then what about uh, if we wanted to buy books from you, should we go to Amazon, or is there a place that's more beneficial for you if we purchase them from your website directly? Oh, that's, that's nice of you to ask. No, I just let Amazon handle that. Okay, that's great. Great. Well, thank you for your time, Henry. I really appreciate this. I know everybody else has gotten a lot of value from this. And uh, thank you so much. And if there's anything I can do for you to return the favor, please let me know. And uh, thank you very much, Henry. We really enjoyed having you as our guest today. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. And this, yeah, and this concludes today's Coaching Club call. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. Remember, you can visit the website for free tools and free downloads that can help you build more. It's greatrecruitertraining.com. I'll talk with you next time. Thank you.